0: We're going to start out with a brief prayer. Father, we ask that you guide us, that you guide us as we take a walk through your scriptures. We ask that you wash us, that you clean us with your scriptures, and that you speak through us through our Bible study, through our sermon, and that you point us to the things that you want us to work on personally, that you things that you want us to realize personally, that you give us revelation, that you well up within us your Holy Spirit and well up within us like an unquenchable fire, an unquenchable fire that cannot be dissolved, but can only be quenched, and it can only be resolved by your word, Father, by the yearning and the thirst for your word, May You quench our thirst and may you steer us clearly towards healing, towards understanding, towards wisdom today. And may you guide us faithfully inside of your word and your holy Bible. Father, in the holy name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for the words you have provided to us, Father. In the holy name of Jesus, we just want to thank you. We want to trust in you. We trust in you. Great faith, and, With great faith and gratitude, we say hallelujah. Amen, in the holy name of Jesus. And so on the last sermon, we were, uh, we spoke about um, not worrying, Now we're not to worry about um, what we are to say. We um, spoke about how we are uh, not worrying about, um, we're not to worry about what we we are to wear and about the next day. Jesus um, talked about that in Matthew 6, about not worrying. About what we are to wear, what we are to eat, and that God knows, our Father in heaven knows everything that we need. So there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry about the next day. And we even went into um, to over planning. And um, there was a particular verse. I think it was in um, uh, Romans where Paul was talking about um, uh, people who are um, boasting about what they are going to do tomorrow. And so, um, now we're going into judging others. And before we go into that, um, God spoke to me and wanted me to share this. Um, and it it goes back into what we read before about forgiving others. Because we also um, shouldn't judge others, but we also have to forgive others too it goes hand in hand and this is what he was trying to um, to point out to me and going back it says pray then in this way jesus says pray then in this way our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us in the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one. So it says, and forgive our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so when we go up a little bit to Matthew 18, it talks a little bit further about this and in Matthew 18 21 through 35 it says then Peter came and said to him Lord if another member member of the church sins against me how often should I forgive as many as seven times Jesus said to him not seven times but I tell you seventy seven times we know that um even with the number seventy seven that's a um a holy holy number with seven that's a holy number and um that being oftentimes the way that I think of it is uh, is that is the breakthrough if we forgive seventy seven times you um Forgiving that many times you'll break through to that person you'll get through to that person So it says um then going into the parable of the unforgiven servant it says for this reason the kingdom of heaven May be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves when he began the reckoning One who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him and as he could not pay His Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions in payment to be made So, my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So he's again, he's talking about Jesus is talking about um, forgiveness and how you know we deal with this today in a lot of our communities how we're we're not willing to forgive or we've 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 been given forgiveness but yet in our own families in our own um, close circle of friends we're not willing to forgive. The people that are closest to us, and so this is this is um mirrored here this is reflected here in this with this slave you know even when we talk about slavery with this slave who was forgiven his debts by the by this Lord or this master and when this, this the the same thing happened, when the, the, there was another slave who couldn't pay this same slave back, he threw him into jail. He condemned him, and so he didn't forgive him. And so he's Jesus is saying that if we don't forgive, that God, when we come to that great that judgment day, that God is not going to forgive our debts and hand us over into the um, into the pits of, of hell because we have not forgiven. And this is one of the, the greatest um, obstacles in our way. We have to forgive. We have to forgive in so many different ways. And it's not just about um, money, but just just forgiveness in general, forgiving others for wronging us, forgiving others for, um, for talking down to us, for talking to us a certain way, forgiving others for all the different things, a myriad of different things that they have done to us in our lives. We have to have forgiveness in our heart. And so when we move into um, judging others, We have to keep this in mind. And so when we go back to Matthew 7, 1-5, Jesus speaks about judging others. He says, Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. And so when we think about um, forgiveness, if we're not willing to forgive, we're automatically making a judgment on somebody. We're saying that, well, you have done wrong. I'm not even willing to consider why you have done wrong and I'm willing to judge you and to condemn you but not forgive you and in turn um, when we forgive we don't judge we're, we're we're walking the path of Jesus we're walking the godly path we're opening our heart we're opening our heart to to um, compassion and love and so this is what this is what we're looking at and so when we um, go up to um, Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five um, Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five, we can see here a greater expansion of the same. Oh, actually, Luke. I'm sorry. Luke six, thirty-seven through forty-two. Luke six thirty-seven through forty-two. It um it says here says that. Let me go into thirty-seven. do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Okay. give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. He also told them a parable: Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take the speck out of your uh, the speck, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. And so, again, when he's restating this, he's talking about this again. That we can't give others advice on things, and we can't um, tell others to work on things that we haven't worked on ourselves. We can't um, allow somebody to understand something that we haven't understood ourselves. And so he's saying... How can you say to the, to your neighbor, "Take the log out of your own eye," but you have the same thing in your own eye? You have something blocking your vision. You have something that's standing in your way. The same thing, that the other person has standing in your way. How can you How can you give something, someone, the advice about things that they have in their lives that are that are um, keeping them from moving forward when you have the same problem? Okay, we can't help each other if we we haven't helped ourselves. And so we go to back to Matthew. 9, this is about judging, Matthew 9, and about forgiveness, Matthew 9 through 13, this is the call of Matthew, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Saying that those who are, um, and we could talk about this, in um, in this um, respect, those who are saved, there's no reason, there's no need of those who are saved to be um, preached to or healed. But the, the those who haven't come to be um, to, to know Jesus, that uh, those who haven't come to know God, those who haven't come to know the Holy Spirit those are the ones that need healing those are the ones that need a physician those who are well have no need of a physician they're already well they're already they're already healthy they're already healed they already know the truth this is for those who don't know the truth that don't have healing that aren't healed that are suffering so i desire mercy not sacrifice Not sacrifice, but mercy, kindness, forgiveness. I have come to call them not the righteous but sinners. So when we go and we um back to first Samuel, God pointed me to first Samuel. Again, the story of David. And something very interesting that David did, that David went through. First Samuel twenty one, one through nine. This particular um, story is known as David in the Holy Bread. It says David came to Nob to the priest Ahimelech. Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, "Why are you alone and no one with you?" David said to the priest Ahimelech. The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, no one must know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. So he's asking him, "What, what do you have? Do you have anything here that you can help us? We need help. Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. The priest answered, David, I have no ordinary bread at hand, only holy bread, provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as always when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is a common journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Is there no spear or sword here with you? I did not bring my sword or my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. The priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here wrapped in cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there was none here except that one. David said, There was none like it. Give it to me. So... Ahimelech didn't judge David. And he the only thing he said then, why are you alone? And he didn't judge him. He didn't judge um, David at all. He didn't judge him. He, he, he helped him. And so... When we um, go back into Matthew um, 12, it's an interesting thing because Jesus actually mentions this instance. Matthew 12, 1 through 4. It says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So if somebody needs help, you're not going to, or is hungry, you're not going to turn them down. For a or a day or observance or a, or a time period, you're not going to turn them down. This is what this is what he's saying. He's saying that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Mercy. You would not condemn the guiltless. There are people who are homeless. There are people who are hungry. There are people who are who are needing of of healing in these different things. And we're not to judge them, but to help them. We're, we're to be merciful, compassionate. And, um, and for forgiving. It says the measure you give will be the measure you get. That's what it says. That's what it says. He says in judging others. The measure you give is the measure you get. The way you treat others, the way you're, you're going to be treated. And so if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. If we If we judge others, he's going to judge us. We're going to be judged with the same measure. And so, when we go just a little bit further, we read about um, Jesus, Jesus being um, judged in, in a similar way. Again, it says, Then they brought to him a demoniac who was blind and mute, and he cured him, so that the one who had been mute could speak and see. All the crowds were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons, that his fellow cast out the demons. He knew what they were thinking and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own exorcists cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder its property, without first tying up the strong man? Then indeed the house can be plundered. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So again, he's talking about um, forgiveness. So when we go to Mark Mark 6, God led me to Mark 6. And he he pressed in on me to to focus on this. It's the rejection of... Of Jesus at Nazareth it says he left that place and came to his hometown and his disciples follow him on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astounded they said where did this man get all this what is this wisdom that has been given to him what deeds of power are being done by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us they began to judge him and they took offense at him then jesus said to them prophets are not without honor except in their own in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house and he could not do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them and he was amazed at their unbelief and so we have this this continuing theme of um of family of what family um seems to be blind to for some reason this this closeness and we have to look at this this closeness um, that we have the people causes them to be blind to um, to to certain um, acts of kindness that we can show um, towards each other. And you know again, like what we're reading and Luke, that we have to um, we have to forgive we have to forgive and even in the unforgiving um servant and we and we and we can't judge that that slave was forgiven his debts by his uh, his master his lord and but this the slave was um owed something by another slave and let yet the slave was not willing to forgive forgive him so that um that that master um threw him into a place to be tortured and so as we continue to um, to look at this we can see um, where the problem lies and we go to um, again we go back to Luke 6 um, 37 through 42 Again, we we this is what we're reading about here. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. The measure you give will be the measure you get. Treat others how you want to be treated. And so when we go back again to the story of this rejection of Jesus um, in Nazareth, we read about the same story. Um, but yet, it's expanded upon a little bit more. We get a little bit more detail in Luke four. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as as was his custom. This is Luke four, sixteen through thirty. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, and gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him then he began to say to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth they said is not this joseph's son they began to judge him again he said to them doubtless you will quote to me this proverb doctor cure yourself and you will say do you hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum?' and he said truly i tell you no prophet is accepted in the prophets hometown but the truth is There were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephah in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage they got up drove him out of the town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff but he passed through the midst of them and went on his way And so again we we see this this um... this judging of uh, of him um... then pe- people asking of him if he is he joseph's son and so they don't you know um... Nobody is um, close enough to him to know that he's the Son of God. They're 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 um doubting who he is. They're doubting the the, the knowledge. They're asking they're asking him where are you where are you getting this Where is he getting this wisdom? And they're um, they're doubting him greatly. And so we see this with many of the disciples, with many of the close followers of Jesus. That they were they were they were doubted. They were judged. For who they were, who they who they used to be, who they were connected with. We go to uh, Matthew twenty six. God pointed me to uh, Matthew um, twenty six. It says that um, the anointing at Bethany. It says, Now while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste? They immediately judged um, what this woman was doing. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum in the money given to the poor. So they immediately judged what she was doing and didn't consider um, and look closely at what was going on. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial." Truly I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. So she'll always be remembered for this. Always be remembered. And so when we go to um, Luke, back to Luke 7, 28 through 50. Um, we get a uh, we get an expansion on this, and we get a little bit more um, from about John the Baptist, and this this was somebody who was also um, judged very much and very greatly in the scriptures. It says, "I tell you, among those born of women." Jesus is saying this no one is greater than John Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he and all the people who heard this including the tax collectors acknowledged the justice of God because they have been baptized with John's baptism but by refusing to be baptized by him the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves they judged him To so what then will I compare the people of this generation and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The son of man has come, eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, they they judge him, a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet, and with her tears, and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. So they immediately judged her. They immediately judged what she was doing. They immediately judged him for letting it happen. And again, they didn't look closely at what was going on and um, the spirit of what was going on. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, Speak, a certain creditor had two debtors, and one owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debts for both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he cancelled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then, turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Then he said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about um, judging others. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about love. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, "Who is this who even forgives sins?" And he said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." So by faith, she didn't. She didn't. Um, she didn't judge she didn't um, judge at all she just had faith in who um, Jesus is she had faith in um, what she saw and what she felt and what God was telling her to do she trusted and they and, but still they, they continued to, to judge him by saying who is this who even forgives sins and it didn't take the time to look and to see and to feel and to trust And so these these are the things that we are um, are called to do, to trust in the Holy Spirit, to trust in God, to trust in in Jesus, to walk in his example, to forgive others, not to judge others, especially by appearances. For the measure we give will be the measure that we get. He says again, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Everything that you do to others is is everything they're going to do to you we have to um we have to work on those things inside of ourselves and know that we can't help others unless we first help ourselves in that same area that's what he's talking about when he's talking about taking the speck out of your eye taking the log out of your eye we can't be hypocrites but we have to get ourselves to that right place before we can do and do for others we have to be forgiving we can't judge The Holy Spirit is calling us right now to be forgiving, to not judge, to be compassionate, to be loving, to share, to open up, to testify. We have to be willing to do these things. We have to be willing to, to, to give and to accept and to be giving to others. Okay, because other people will, will give to us and we can't judge them and not accept. We have to be able to accept. God wants to give us some, so many blessings, but if we're if we're judging um, situations, if we're, we're not trusting of others, and, and, and a lot of times if we don't trust, we also are judging, and so God can't uh, bring us those blessings. Jesus can't bring us those blessings. He can't teach us if we're not willing to be taught. It has a lot to do with with trusting. It has a lot to do with, with with judging. So we have to open up ourselves to these things. The Holy Spirit is calling for that right now, and I hope that everyone. Um, Got um, a great um, revelation out of this, and I hope that um, um, during our, our next one, our next uh, sermon, that we can um, go um, just as deeply into this and more for the next sermon is on profaning the holy. And this is interesting because this is also talking about um, um judging and forgiveness. And so we'll hand in here, and um, hallelujah, um thank you, thank you for everyone who um, tuned in. Peace, love, and blessings.